0: Harbage and I have the privilege of serving here as our women's ministry intern Um, and one of our core values here at Anastasia is that every person is important so whether you've been coming here a while or it's your first time we would love to connect with you there's a couple ways in which you can connect with us and the first one is to text the word connect to 904-441-6900 That'll allow you to fill out a digital connect form and submit prayer requests or connect with us digitally and just let us know where you're visiting from and um, just uh, let us know a little bit about you. The other way in which you can connect with us is to visit the connect desk that's um, located right outside the south atrium doors. Um, There's a couple things going on in the Life of Our Church um, these next couple weeks. And the first big one is fall kickoff. Um, It's gonna be going on August 24th. All of our midweek ministries will be kicking off, so Wednesday night Bible study, um, dinner on, um, the uh, dinner that goes on in the CLC, all that will be kicking off this week, so we would love to see you there if you're not already plugged into our midweek ministries. Um, the second one is Mission Sundays coming up this upcoming week, and we'll have some awesome guest speakers and an opportunity to hear what God's doing in the life of our church in terms of missions. so we would love for you to visit if um, you haven't already. Um, And then the next one is on September 22nd, there's going to be something called Table for Two, which is for married couples. Um, It'll be $40 per couple, and reservations are required for couples and for child care and such. Um, If you would like to find out more about that, you can visit AnastasiaChurch.org forward slash Table for Two, and all the information and the ability to register will be located there. Um, God bless each of you, and let us continue to worship.
1: song. He calls the sun to wake the dawn and run the course of day till evening falls in crimson rays. His fingerprints in flakes of snow his breath upon this spinning globe. He charts the eagles fly commands the newborns baby's cry.
2: us to want to fill the earth with songs of worship. Why are we compelled to sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise? It's because, as Isaac Watts wrote, there's not a plant or flower below but makes God's glories known. See, God did not have to create, but he did so for good and sufficient reasons. He had a purpose in bringing reality into being, and that purpose was to bring God glory. Creation glorifies God. The Old Testament prophets understood it. Read with me from Nehemiah. These are on the screen. You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. Well, the psalm writers Understood it. Let's read together praise the Lord Praise the Lord from the heavens praise him in the heights Praise him all his angels praise him all his hosts Praise him sun and moon praise him all you shining stars Praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded And they were created, the heavenly creatures who surround God's throne. They get it. They understand that creation brings glory to God. Let's read together. Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So if the Old Testament prophets got it, and the psalm writers got it, and the heavenly creatures who surround God's throne in heaven get it, the question remains, do we? Do we get it? Do we understand? Do we realize that creation is already praising God and that we have the privilege of joining in that song with all of creation? Well, we have that privilege and we also have that opportunity. So would you stand with me as we join our voices in the song of praise.
3: Well, good morning, church. It's great to see so many of you in the house of the Lord this morning, and I'm excited to give you some updates regarding our For Generations to Come faith campaign and to give you provide you some insight into what going, you're going to be seeing happen here and transforming this island campus beginning and starting next month. So right now, if you walked out uh, to the south part of the parking lot on the east side, you'll see some yellow tape, and that indicates where the two corners of the family center will go to the south part and then moving forward north there'll be other uh, tapes similar to that and in addition you're going to start to see some tapes around certain trees that are going to actually be have to be removed during our construction of the two new buildings the family center and the activity center. So uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is to prayerfully consider our next step which is the demolition of the annex which is going to happen after we have our groundbreaking ceremony which will be sometime Next month, on a given Sunday, right after the 10:30 service, we will go out and we'll uh, have a prayer time, and we'll cut the ribbon and we'll have a photo op, etc. And then the next thing will be the actual demolition of the annex, and that's a $19,000 cost to remove and to, to, to demolish and to remove the annex building. So what we're going to ask you to do, what I would ask you to do, is to faithfully and carefully pray on maybe p- making a love offering specifically in the next four weeks to the demolition cost of the annex building. We thank you for your faithfulness. God is really doing marvelous here with fulfilling his vision here at the island campus of Anastasia. God bless you, church.
2: Let's pray together for our offering this morning. Father God, we do thank you for the good news of what's going to take place here in the next three, four weeks. Lord, prepare our hearts to have things change around here, not to be disturbed, but to be excited about what you're going to do. Be excited about what you're going to do through this new structure that's going to go up to reach our young people, our children, and and teenagers, as well as adults also. So I thank you for that. Lord, provide the resources we need, and you've given them this morning through your through Your offering and through your tithes, and I just thank you for that. I pray that you bless them, please, and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Good morning, church. It is uh, very exciting, the things that are going on. Probably one of the first things that's going to happen, it's not like changing buildings around. Are any of you involved in the quilting ministry? You guys are going to be moving to the second floor of the CLC. We're going to do that before we demolish your old ministry home at the annex. Just wanted you to know that. We're taking care of the, I said I'd take care of the quilting ministry. We're taking care of you, okay? And uh, very excited that there is progress that is being made. I appreciate all those people on the building steering committee. Uh, That have worked very hard and are continuing to work, and I appreciate you that have been so faithful as we're moving forward. So uh, a a lot of things going on. There'll be great days ahead as we see uh, those buildings come out of the ground. Uh, I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 5. I'd like to sort of give a little introduction into our message series for the fall. Uh, we're starting a new message series that's going to last uh, through uh, starting today through September, October, and most of November, and uh, and uh, it's it's coming out of John chapter five uh, at verse seventeen. Have you ever done something, and you were trying to do something to help help somebody out? You're trying to do a very good thing. And then when you got it all done, and you might have been very happy with what happened, but nobody else seemed to appreciate what you did. Has that happened to anybody? (laughs) You feel so underappreciated. Well, realize that if that's happened to you, that happened to Jesus. Okay? When if that happened to you, you were living a Christ like life, because that's what happened to Jesus. There was a place called the Pool at Bethesda, and the Pool of Bethesda was in Jerusalem. It was near the Temple Mount, it's near the Sheep Gate there, if you're familiar with the layout of Jerusalem. And the tradition was that if you went to this particular pool of water, that every now and then the water would stir. Maybe uh, the, the legend was that an angel would touch the water and it would stir. And the rule was, or the tradition was, that when that water stirred, first one in got healed. Okay? First one in experienced healing. So you can imagine that there were people that gathered around that pool that wanted healing, and there were, four, there were five different colonnades, porches, all around that pool. So you can imagine people gathering there underneath the hot Middle Eastern sun, waiting for that water to be stirred up. And so Jesus... The Bible tells us in John chapter 5, he went to that pool at Bethesda. And while he was there, he engaged in conversation with some people that were gathered there and and people that wanted to get healed. And and the man that he talked to, that it tells us about in John chapter 5, he was a man who had been disabled for 38 years. 38 years it was recorded that he was disabled. It says it very specifically in John chapter 5. And Jesus just said, Do you want to be healed? If you want to be healed, and he said, well, well, no one's going to put me in the water. I'm never going to be first in there. I can't get to it before other people. Jesus said, if you want to get healed, take up your bed and walk. And you know what he did? He took up his bed. He walked, and Jesus healed him. Okay? It was amazing. Jesus healed this person who had been recorded to be disabled for 38 years. You would think that Jesus would be applauded for that, but was he? No. You know what they said? That's great that you did the healing, but you healed him on the wrong day. (laughs) Don't you understand that you can heal people on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but not Saturday. Saturday is not the day for healing. Jesus, you bad, bad boy. You shouldn't be doing that. Healing people on the Sabbath, you know, what a terrible thing to do. And Jesus responded by saying, you know, it's always a good day to join God in his work there's never a bad day to join God in his work. And and Jesus used the opportunity to reveal an amazing truth about our heavenly father and an amazing truth about himself. And this is what he said in John chapter five, verse 17, Jesus answered them. My father is working until now and I'm working what he said that my, my father's working till, until now, my father, our heavenly father is active and powerful and alive and working. And since God is working, I'm going to join him in that work. I'm going to, if God is working, I'm just going to do what God is doing and what he's telling me to do. Well, well, church, I have a message for you. Our God is alive and he is working. And, and we're gonna join him in his work. And, and the truth of John 5.17 is as true today as it was when Jesus walked the earth. God is alive and powerful and working. And you know what? Our God does not change. The Bible says that God does not change. And if he is a God who's alive and powerful, he's still alive and powerful and he's working. And so today as we start this new message series, we're calling it 517. And what this does, this reminds us that what God does, he is still doing. What he has done, he is still doing. And what we're going to do this, this fall, starting from now through uh, almost Thanksgiving, we're going to go through the major elements of the Bible. I want you to understand the big picture of the story of redemption. And I want you to see what God has done. But realize, whatever God has done, He is still doing because He doesn't change. And so, we're going to look through the whole Bible and see how God not only worked powerfully, but He is still working. So, 517 is going to be uh, a code that's going to remind us that God is alive and powerful, that God is working. And uh, I want you to see what He's done, but also what He's continuing to do, and that we have a God who is alive, okay? We have a God who has healed. Our God still heals because he doesn't change. We have a God who worked miracles. I believe in a miracle-working God who is alive right now. Okay? We have a Father who has given people hope in, in, in terribly, terribly hopeless times. And we still have a God who gives us hope. So, so in this message series, we're not just going to talk about what God did We're going to talk about what God is continuing to do in our lives and how it's so important for us, okay? So we're going to start today at the beginning of the Bible. Do you know what the first book of the Bible is? Okay, about 30% of you know it, okay? (laughs) If you know that the first book of the Bible is Genesis, turn to Genesis right now, okay? Very beginning, okay, right there. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we look at Genesis chapter 1. We're going to see that God has created, but also God is still creator. He hasn't changed being creator, okay? And we're gonna look at the very first words ever written down in our Bible. If you were reading it in Hebrew, it would say, better sheep, bara elchim, hetha shamayim veta eretz. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on in verse two. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Are you understanding this? This is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, 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 the spirit. OK, so we see God, the father there, God, the spirit there. And you watch this verse three. And God said, let there be light. You know, the word that proceeded from the mouth of the father. Do you know who the word of God is? In the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? That's Christ, yeah. So we see right here in the verse three verses, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit there in creation. And in verse, it says in verse three, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. If you know anything about Hebrew, the the Hebrew word for heavens is the waters, okay? So this is the atmosphere that separated the waters from the heavens, okay? And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Now, because of limited time, I'm going to summarize. On the first day, God created light. On the second day, the atmosphere, that separation between water and heaven. The third day, dry land and vegetation. The fourth day, God created the sun and the moon and the stars. And the fifth day, the animals and the living creatures. And then let me pick it up at verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the creation, that that amazing work of taking nothing and making it into something valuable and precious. And Lord, I thank you that, that we are all made by you and precious in your sight as well. Lord, help us to see you as that amazing creator, help us to respond to you and serve you as that amazing creator. Help us to worship you as that powerful creator. To you all the glory, and Lord, help us understand that just as you created something out of nothing, Lord, you're creating new hearts. And Lord, if there's a heart that needs to be created new today, do it, Lord, to the praise of your name and to the blessing of our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So as we start the story of redemption, it starts with creation. God created, okay? And God is still the creator, right? He is still creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is the one who creates. He's the one who originates. Everything that is originated comes from him. That's what creation is. It's originating thing. It comes from the Hebrew word bara, B-A-R-A, bara. That's the, the Hebrew word for create. It means to take something out of nothing, or takes take nothing and create something out of it. And 48 times in the Old Testament, it is used to speak about God and that process of him originating, of him creating, of, of him making uh, the foundation of everything. And, and creating, you know, is different than manufacturing. People, we manufacture. We, we, we can synthesize the things that are here and put them together. We might even invent. You might know someone that invented something. Well, what they did, they didn't create what they did. They took the things that were around them and they used them for a purpose that no one had used it for before. But they didn't create. They invented. Only God creates. Only God takes nothing and turns it into something. Because he is, he is not only the originator. He is the original originator and only originator, right? He's the initial initiator and the only initiator. He's the one who does everything. He's the founder of the foundation of everything. Uh, another word for creation in our Bible is that word foundation. When God made creation, he made a foundation. And, and you'll see how beautifully he, he put that together. In, in Psalm 89, starting at verse 11, it says, The heavens are yours. It's talking to the Lord. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them, so founding them, creating them, that's a synonym for each other. God is the foundation builder of everything. If you're going to build a foundation, he's he's the right foundation. It says it in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us the very same thing. It says, and you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. So God, when he created, he's making this foundation, this foundation that that we can build on. Because anything strong needs a foundation, right? He made a foundation for, for our physical lives. You know, step by step. God did things in perfect order. He created light. And then he... Divided the, the land from the water and then plants and then animals because without light, none of us would live. Without the plants, none of us would live. Without dry land, we wouldn't be able to live. This is part of the foundation that God created to sustain our lives. He did everything in perfect order. Well, he also created a foundation not only for your body, but also for your soul. Do you realize that the Lord is more concerned about your soul than he is about your body? Because your body is what your soul will live in for a while, but your soul is eternal. And he's more concerned about it. He laid a foundation for your soul as well. That's part of God, the creator, what he did. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 11 says this, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, that which was, was, was laid down for us, that which is Jesus Christ. Now, Christ is not created, but the way of salvation is created. And God said, this is the foundation for your spiritual life. And God didn't just create us to be mere physical animals. We're special. We're made in the image of God. Okay. We can have a relationship with God. And the Lord, Lord created us with a spiritual dimension. And so just like he created a physical foundation, our father also created a spiritual foundation. He said, trust, trust in him and tr- build your soul on the bedrock. And that rock is Jesus Christ and there's no other rock. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. Because God is creator. He's created a foundation. We should build on that foundation, right? And so that's the first point. Because God is creator, this is an effect of creation today, okay? It's not just knowing the facts or the order of how things are created. Here's what you need to understand, that Jesus is our foundation because the creator ordained to that. So build on Jesus the foundation, If you want a life that's in a proper relationship with the creator, build on the foundation he's given us. Build on Jesus, the foundation. We have a mission statement here at Anastasia. That mission statement is very simple. Helping people embrace The life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. Why do we want people to embrace the truth of Jesus Christ? Because Jesus is the foundation. If you have that, then the other things can build on that. And that's how you have a life that's going to be one that's going to bring a blessing uh, to your being. So that's the foundation for life. The foundation for life on earth, the foundation for life forever, after this life on earth, is Jesus Christ. So build on that foundation. Um, Here's another truth about creation. And this is the gospel of John and gospel of John chapter one. He talks about creation, He talks about it from a different perspective. He talks about it from the perspective of the word of God who was there at the beginning. Remember, we saw that in Genesis one, verse three, God said, let there be light. There was a word there. Let there be light. The Bible says in the beginning in John chapter one was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it goes on to say in John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All things were made through him. That's the word of God. And without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, this is, a, this is a statement about creation. Now, who is the word of God? Well, if you go down to verse 12 of John chapter 1, you understand that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word, okay? So here we have it here. This is referring to Jesus. So all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So here in this room, how much of this room that there's, that was created, the stuff in here is created, was created apart from Christ? Nothing. Nothing. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. All things. You know what that includes? That includes you and me, Okay? We were created by God. Only God creates. Everything that's created. Are you a creation? You are created by God. Nothing is outside his creative care. So remember this. uh, Just say this. Say, "God God created me. See, God created you. God created me. So write this down. God created me. Appreciate the value I have to God. You are valuable to him. He loves you. He cares for you. Why? Because he's creator. He made you. You're in his creative care. So God created me. So appreciate the value I have to God. People don't create people. Only God creates people, right? Only God creates people. Uh, You know, um, in your precious sight, the creation of a single newborn, that is not something that we can do. Okay? We cannot make the baby grow in the womb. Okay, we cannot make that life grow. That's only God doing his work. That's creation. That's the creation of new life. But sometimes people say, well, people make people. No, we don't make people. Um, we're part of the process, and I'm greatly appreciative for that. But uh, we don't make people grow. Only God makes people grow. Okay, our Father's working until now. That's, and so, whenever a new life is being created, that's God working. We're, we're partnering with that creative process of God, and that's why we believe that life in the womb is sacred, okay? Because all life has value to God. God creates everything. You are valuable to God. You know, so many times in the Bible, uh, it, when God said He made a creation, what did he say after that? He said, God, And what did it say that God saw? God saw that it was good. In Genesis 1, verse 10, God saw that it was good. In verse 12, God saw that it was good. In verse 18, in verse 21, God saw that it was good. Verse 25, God saw that it was good. Then he finished up everything and God saw that it was very good. That's why we used to sing that song. I don't know if they still sing it today or even if it's politically correct, but I don't know about these things nowadays. I'm too old to understand, but we used to sing a song, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Appreciate the value of every person. Let me share another truth about creation and and that God is still creating. And this this is coming from a letter of Paul to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17. This talks about God creating. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you become in Christ, you are a new creation. You know who's doing that? The creator. The God who created heaven and the earth. The God, That same God, he's He's creating you into a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life, it's not that he just made me better. He made me new. He made me a new creation. He made me what I wasn't before into something precious in his sight. So creation is happening all over again, all the time, and God's creating eternal life, new spiritual life, where it did not exist previously. God does that because he's creator. And, and so, you know, I, I'm just grateful for that. You know, before Christ, it wasn't that I was a decent person. I was spiritually dead. And now I'm spiritually alive. He brought life, where there was no life. And and I just want to say to you, if you've never done that before, I don't don't know if you just come to church because it is the habit of your life to come to church and and that's a good thing to do, but there's more to it. You know, what's more beautiful is that God makes you into a new being if you truly trust in him. So the next point I want to make, because God is creator, let God create a new heart and spirit in me. Let God create a new heart and spirit in me Sometimes we need a new heart because we have not yet trusted in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we need a renewed spirit because sometimes life gets old and stale and we get run down. But the plan of our father is not that you spend a few years on earth and then you die. His plan is that that you, you receive him as Lord and Savior of your life and he creates you into new being just perfect for heaven. He makes you perfect for heaven. And that your life on earth becomes in sync with him and then you're at peace with God and you get to spend eternity with him forever. And all those blessings that are promised in the Bible. In Psalm 51, it says, the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. Do you believe God can create a clean heart in the sinfulness of your own heart and my own heart? Here's the prayer, I think he can. You know why? that's what God does. He creates, okay? Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Any of you came into this room thinking, you know, I need to have a better attitude, okay? God can give you a better attitude. Now, some of you say, I don't know if God can do that in my life. And that brings me to my next point. Believe the Lord still accomplishes the impossible. Believe that the Lord still accomplishes the impossible. You say, I don't know if God can give me a better attitude. This is just the attitude I got. God can do impossible things. He can take your pitiful attitude and make it decent, okay? He, because he creates He creates a new heart and he renews a right spirit, okay? So believe the Lord still accomplishes the impossible. Uh, Romans 4.17 says this, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead... And calls into existence the things that do not exist. If there is something in your life that is not right with God, that's not where it needs to be, that does not exist right now, God can call that into existence. You know why? The God who created all of creation in six days can make you into a new being in him. Our Lord is still doing that. And I've had people say, I don't believe God can create could create the whole earth in six days. Well, I believe in God. I think my I believe in a God who could do impossible things. Okay, I couldn't do it in six days. I can hardly I can hardly weed my garden in six days. But God can create everything in six days, and He can do the impossible. God said, "Let there be light." There was light. God can say, "Let there be new life in you." And you know what? If you receive it, you know what you receive—just what He promised new life. It's here for you. You just have to receive it. Why? Because the first thing the Bible tells us is that God is creator, and he's still creating. He's not creating in six days the universe anymore. He already did that, but you know what he's doing every day? He's creating new hearts that are ready for heaven, and that can happen to you today. Jesus said, my father is working until now, and I'm working. Would you let Jesus work in your life? Would you let him do that for you? We're going to have a time of invitation in just a moment. And when we do, I'm going to be here at the front. God may be calling you to respond to his work in your life. Now, what you come here, you're not not creating salvation by walking down the aisle. You're responding to his salvation. He does that for you. But maybe, maybe Jesus is calling you to trust in him as Lord and Savior. I invite you to come forward and just tell me. I'll pray with you. We have counselors that will help you. Maybe you've already done it recently, but you've never taken that next step of faith. And, and Maybe it's to join this church family and be a member. Or maybe it's baptism and you, you feel like, I need to take that step of baptism. I invite you. We're going we're gonna to stand right now. We're going to pray. And after we pray, I'm going to be standing here while we sing the song. And if God is calling you to take a step of faith, you should respond to him. You know why? he's the creator. He laid that foundation and he wants you to build your life on that foundation. So would you stand with me and let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the word you have given us. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to build on the foundation that you've made. Lord, we praise your name. Everything that you created, Lord, you you created nothing evil. Lord, we might have perverted things to make them evil, but you don't create anything evil. And Lord, you want to redeem all of creation. And Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs to take a step that brings them closer to you, Lord, I pray they'd have the courage and the conviction to do just that and all the glory be given to you. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. God's calling you, you come.
2: As we depart, receive your blessing from God's word to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Go out now to find and to fulfill your place in God's grand design. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, "Amen." Amen you. Mm-hmm.